I would like to have little bitty kids come and join me up here. Or adults, <laughs> if you want to act like a kid. a story to tell you and there's gonna be pictures up on the screens if you want to look at those two okay all right this book is called the tale of three trees how many trees three yeah good job all right once upon a mountaintop three little trees stood and dreamed of what they wanted to become when they grew up the first little tree looked up at the stars, twinkling like diamonds above him. I want to hold treasure, he said. I want to be covered with gold and filled with precious stones. I will be the most beautiful chest in the whole world. Yeah. The second little tree looked out at the small stream trickling by on its way to the ocean. I want to be a strong sailing ship, he said. I want to travel mighty waters and carry powerful canes. I will be the strongest ship in the world. The third little tree looked down into the valley below where busy men and busy women worked in a busy town. I don't want to leave this mountaintop at all, she said. I want to grow so tall that when people stop to look at me, they will raise their eyes to heaven and think of God. I will be the tallest tree in the world. Hey, Cassie. Here. <laughs> Years passed, the rains came, the sun shone, and the little trees grew tall. One day, three woodcutters climbed the mountain. Yeah. The first woodcutter looked at the first tree and said, This tree is beautiful. It is perfect for me. With a swoop of his shining axe, the first tree fell. Now I shall be made into a beautiful chest, thought the first tree. I shall hold wonderful treasure. The second woodcutter looked at the second tree and said, This tree is strong. It is perfect for me. With a swoop of his shining axe, the second tree fell. Now I shall sail mighty waters, thought the second tree. I shall be a strong ship fit for kings. The third, third tree felt her heart sink when the last woodcutter looked her way. She stood, she stood straight and tall and pointed bravely to heaven, but the woodcutter never even looked up. Any kind of tree will do for me, he muttered. With a swoop of his tall, shining axe, the third tree fell. The first tree rejoiced when the woodcutter brought him to a carpenter's shop, but the busy carpenter was not thinking about treasure chests. Instead, his work-worn hands fashioned the tree into a feed box for animals. The once beautiful tree was not covered with gold or filled with treasure. He was coated with sawdust and filled with hay for hungry farm animals. The second tree smiled when the woodcutter took him to a shipyard. 
but no mighty sailing ships were being made that day. Instead, the once strong tree was hammered and sold into a simple fishing boat. Too small and too weak to sail an ocean or even a river, he was taken to a little lake. Every day he brought in loads of dead, stinky fish. Yeah. The third tree was confused when the woodcutter cut her into strong beams and left her in a lumber yard. What happened? The once tall tree wondered. All I ever wanted to do was stay on the mountaintop and point to God. Many, many days and nights passed. The trees nearly forgot their dreams. But one night, golden starlight poured over the first tree as a young woman placed her newborn baby in the feed box. I wish I could make a cradle for him, her husband whispered. The mother squeezed his hand and smiled as the starlight shone on the smooth and sturdy wood. This manger is beautiful, she said. And suddenly the first tree knew he was holding the greatest treasure in the world. One evening, a tired traveler and his friends crowded into the old fishing boat. The traveler fell asleep at the second, as the second tree quietly sailed out into the lake. Soon, a thundering and thrashing storm arose. The little tree shuddered. He knew he did not have the strength to carry so many passengers safely through the wind and rain. The tired man awakened. He stood up, stretched out his hand, and said, Peace. The storm stopped as quickly as it had begun. And suddenly the second tree knew he was carrying the king of heaven and earth. One Friday morning, the third tree was startled when her beams were yanked from the forgotten woodpile. She flinched as she was carried through an angry, jeering crowd. She shuddered when soldiers nailed a man's hands to her. She felt ugly and harsh and cruel. But on Sunday morning, when the sun rose and the earth trembled with joy beneath her, the third tree knew that God's love had changed everything. It had made the first tree beautiful. It had made the second tree strong. And every time people thought of the third tree, they would think of God. That was better than being the tallest tree in the world. Is that a good story? Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Stephanie and children, for coming and sharing a story with us. It's funny how uh, when we were thinking about what to do this evening for our Christmas Eve celebration, God was aligning our hearts and our minds um, toward the same idea. And uh, we're always surprised when he does it, <clears throat> and yet we shouldn't be because uh, he is God of his people. And uh, I'm convinced that he guides our hearts all the time. I wanted to share with you for a few minutes, it's not a narrative like the children's narrative we heard about these trees that wanted to glorify Christ. Um, 
but it's more about the narrative of God's love for us. This year, as we considered um, what Christmas means, God kept bending our hearts toward Calvary, uh, toward the reality that this child that we celebrate tonight, that we keep saying things like, keep Christ in Christmas, and, and make sure there's a nativity scene whenever you're celebrating, and put Jesus first or the focal point, that this coming child, this baby born in a manger, was sent to die on the cross for you and for me. And so tonight, we wanted to spend a few minutes reflecting in God's word about the reality of that tree, the reality of this child so small um, who had nowhere to go, but who came just to meet us or just to save us. So I'm going to read a letter that was written to the churches. It was written um, to all of us to remind us why Jesus came. It's 1 John chapter 3, and I want you to hear it with me tonight. John writes and says, How great is the love of the Father that he has lavished on us, that you and I could be called children of God. And that is exactly what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not recognize him either. Dear friends, we are now children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we will see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in them purifies themselves just as Jesus himself is pure. Everyone who sins has broken the law. And in fact, sin itself is lawlessness. But you know that he came so that he might take away all of our sins. And in him, there was no sin. No one who lives in him will then keep on sinning. No one who continues to sin either has seen Jesus nor knows him at all. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as Jesus is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue in sin, because God's seed remains in them. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. So this is how we know the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. As we consider what John writes to the church, the thing that stood out 
to me and that I wanted to share with you is that like that tree, God has invested a seed in us. And if you read that passage like me and you're like, but Lord, I've been sinning. I mean, we come here to celebrate Jesus' arrival and the reality is in our hearts, we know we're not done. But what John says is that if you have seen Jesus, if you have begun to know him as your savior, then he has planted a seed in you. And like that tree, the seed will grow It will come forth from the inside. It will become an oak of righteousness in your life. So as we gather for Christmas and as we celebrate Jesus' coming, I wonder tonight with you, is that seed growing in us? Is the light that came down to shine brightly, shining forth in our lives. I want to invite you tonight that if you don't recognize in the manger your Savior Jesus, that you would invite him to come with you, to be with you. If you don't have that seed, that you would let him plant it tonight that you would no longer wonder, worry, concern yourselves about how is it going to work or am I going to be okay because the seed of God, his promised son, will be living in you. And that the rest of us would foster his growth in our lives. Please pray with me if you would. Father, tonight we have come to worship you, to sing praises of your coming. You are a great and glorious night. This Advent waiting is over and the Son of God has appeared. And yet, some of us, Father, don't know that yet. In our hearts, there's no light. There's no seed of hope. There's no rootedness in your word. And I pray tonight that if there are those here who don't know you, that you would come and plant that seed tonight, not to show other people, Oh, God, let us not be about showing other people. But first, about knowing you intimately, about recognizing our own need for a Savior, and then letting your Spirit quench us, grow us, and nurture us as we grow in you. Father, as we've come tonight to sing praises about a glorious night, I pray that your Spirit would grow in us, that 2013 would be more remarkable, not because of what we did, but because of what you are doing in us. And we'll give you praise and glory like we always do because your spirit compels us from the inside out. May you be glorified as Lord, as Savior, and as King. May we recognize you in the manger and in the boat and on the cross and at the right hand of the Father. May we do that today and every day that comes after. And we praise you for the chance to worship you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight we're going to close with a final song. And I hope when you came in that you got a candle. And I'm going to ask you to do something for each other. The word tells us tonight that 
You know you're a child of God when you love your brother. And you might think, yeah, but I don't have to do that, right? Someone else will do it. Some of you tonight have been gifted with a light at your table. And that light comes with responsibility. I'm going to ask you to light your candle. And then I want you to make sure. Now listen to me if you're at a table. I want you to make sure that there's no one here that hasn't received the light before we sing our final song. Please join us as we light candles and sing. for you is that you take this light out into the world tonight and then everywhere you go you know Christ the Savior is born and the people of God say Amen have a great great Christmas